Coming up, movie shows, goopy foes, and pimps and hoes. Also, the devil eats out, another session of Get Your Exercise, and who was that masked stranger? All this and a ridiculous amount more on this episode of Kiss the Goat. Let's consider the horror movies that delve into the supernatural realm with a particular focus on demonic activity. I'm Cootie. My name is X, and this is... Kiss the The Goat! Welcome to the Temple of Satanic Cinema. We are your high priest and priestess of devil movies. The candles are lit, the doors are locked, and the ritual is set to begin. This is episode 37 of Kiss the Goat, and welcome to it. Hey, before we get down to business... Let's twist open a Mike's Hard Lemonade and pour a little out for Fallen Warriors as we welcome the patron anti-saint of Kiss the Goat, Cindy Sin Fallon. I was raised by wolves. (laughs) (laughs) This is the original sin, Cindy Sin Fallon. X and I don't go out much, and that's the truth. We're we're really homebodies. Well, I mean, we go out to eat once in a while. Well, yeah, that's true, but now we're not above know. going out of town for a few days. Well, okay, yeah, but and I, I like to go grocery shopping. I mean, I don't like being around other people, and I don't like to drive, but I enjoy going to the grocery store. Okay, well, and I like going to the liquor store. I like it when you go to the liquor store. (laughs) Well, tonight's movie simply proves that sometimes staying home is better than going out. Even if you do have free tickets to a movie. Hold on to your teeth, because on this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Lamberto Bava's 1985 movie, Demons. But that's later! Right now, we're going face-to-face with the devil and his minions. Sort of. (laughs) The power of bullshit compels you. It's time to get your exercise. It's the power of Christ that compels you. The power of Christ 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 compels you. Are you sick? Are you miserable? Um, this one's a little weird. (laughs) Yeah, they're all a little weird. (laughs) Well, 
this one, okay, this one's a little weirder-ish. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So we're back in South Africa with Prophet TB Joshua, and he comes across a little girl who is possessed. What the great thing is about Prophet TB Joshua, he never misses the rains down in Africa. Because <laughs> oh, he's there. Right. Yeah. Anyway, this exorcism is fairly standard, but the thing that's really intriguing are the things that are said after the exorcism. Now, I've done some editing on this clip because it's like 15 fucking minutes long. Um, so I just wanted to make sure it worked for our show. But we'll post the entire clip on our Facebook page so you can see it the way that I originally found it. So once again, the prophet is dealing with the spirit of Ariel, which really seems to be a problem in South Africa. Which is funny since Walt Disney was a screeching racist. <laughs> And maybe that's why. <laughs> could could be. <laughs> the curse of Walt Disney. Let's listen in. She's my daughter. Deliver her for me, man of God. Who are you? I am the woman in the water. How come about woman in the water? Who is your father then? I don't have a father. Who is your mother? I don't have mother. How old are you? I don't have an age. Touch your daughter. I don't know this man. Okay, so once again, we've got a little girl who claims that she's possessed by a demon from the Marine Kingdom. She is the woman in the water, which, I don't know, that she Daryl Hannah at this point? Maybe she saw the other exorcism and she thinks, oh, yeah, that's the way to go. I don't know, but it's just really, that's really weird to me that they have the, the whole Marine Kingdom is just evil. And that's not even the main issue. The main issue is the shit that her father says afterwards. The day we came, that is what happened, what you saw in the clips. There are a lot of things happening with her before her deliverance. She was eating a lot of things that human being doesn't eat. She ate the hair of all part of her body. She sniffed petrol. She ate the dead. A lot of things that human being doesn't eat. She ate, and that is the result of how she was caused to be fat, as you saw in the clips. And a lot of problems happening in my marriage and in my career entirely. She was very, very aggressive to her younger ones. And she always see her mother as a rival to her, not like a mother. She hates her, she hates her mom, she hates me as well, and she always appear to me in my dream attacking me in various ways and attacking my career as well. So you got a little girl and she's eating her own hair. Um, she's eating, and drinking her urine. Drinking her own urine. Um, eating dirt. And this, of course, has made her just ginormously fat. Because all of those things are full of calories. <sighs> when you watch the clip, you will see that this little girl is not fat. I don't know. <laughs> where they're getting their water kingdom beauty images from. But there's obviously some fucking mermaid dysmorphia going on here because this girl is just fine. Well, sizing is different in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just my eyes aren't different because <laughs> she's from South Africa. Oh, this, she's Africa gains, you know, puts 10 pounds on you um, just immediately. <laughs> 
So anyway, they're blaming the they're blaming the devil for her eating and drinking all this stuff, and she blames the devil for it. The problem that brought us to the synagogue church of all nations was that I was possessed with the spirit of witchcraft. It all started when when we visited a woman in 2009 and she and she offered us a drink. Since that time, I've been seeing myself and a demon following me behind. And there was a time when we were watching news and a man had a plane crashed and was surviving from drinking his urine. Then I went to the toilet, which my dad never knew what I was going there to do. When I got there, that demon told me that I should urinate in a bowl and drink. Then I did so and I flushed an empty toilet. Since that time, I've been drinking my own urine. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No. But I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. And the demon also pushed me into eating my hair, picking my nose and eating the dirty from my ear, which also made me chew my fingernails. And by that time I was very big and very fat. As you can see, I have lost so much weight. This demon pushed me into doing so many things that affected my dad's career. By now he was supposed to be in England because... But because I was, I was um, possessed with the spirit of witchcraft, I made it not to happen. So, so anytime he, he takes me, picks me from school, I would always look dirty, and I was also addicted to eating sand. That demon liked every everywhere to be dirty to the extent I can stay two months without taking a shower. My mom would force me that I have to take a shower before I would agree. Even when taking a shower, I would be very angry with her. Glory be to God, I have been delivered. And it's interesting to note that there is a condition called uh, geophagy or pica, um, which gives people the abnormal urge to eat things like hair and dirt and paint soap i've heard of it i've heard pregnant women doing this and you know the the weird fucked up hormones that are going through women's systems when they're carrying that little parasite it makes you want to eat weird shit i don't know why a 10 year old or however old this girl was would want to to also eat these things but it is a real thing now see now that brings up something really interesting because later on in the in the clip when her father is giving the great testification testification yeah that's uh, a thing is is it okay uh, sure he's talking about how she used to be fat and now she's not they show a picture of her and she's like really real thin what if the girl just really was pregnant and they just left that part out of the after story Ugh, i don't even want to think about that you know what i mean yeah she was really fat because she was pregnant then she had the baby, we got rid of it, and look at her now. She's very thin. I'm speculating. Right. But that's still just kinda it's just still just kinda gross. But anyway. Mm. I just don't like the I just don't like the way that her dad talks about her, you know, later. Like, oh, my daughter was terrible and she embarrassed me and she kept me from getting a job, so uh <laughs> praise Jesus, she had that kid, got her shit together, and now everything's fine. Now my career is good. And I have a house. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I was able to buy a house without going into debt. Well, congratulations. Way to go. Yeah. Uh, way to put yourself first there, pops. All right. All right, kids. We're in the cooling down phase now. Take your shoes off. Don't forget to breathe. Most importantly, don't get suckered by these sick fuckers. It's about spectacle. It's about control. 
and most of all, it's about money. And now it's time for our first break. We'll be back after this for movie time. Movie time, movie time. time movie time. Time of movie. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. We'll destroy this Earth. Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking two? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons, and who will not? Demons, with music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals, and the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. You just heard the trailer for this episode's movie, the 1985 gross-out Demons. Now talk about a movie with a pedigree. This screenplay was written by four different people, including the director, Lamberto Bava, who was the son of famed director Mario Bava, the producer Dario Argento, X's favorite non-American director who brought us Suspiria, Deep Red, and my favorite 
Tenebrae. Franco Farini. Who worked with Argento on Phenomena, Opera, and Sleepless, among others. And Dardano Sacchetti. Who has written some of the most famous Italian horror movies like Cannibal Apocalypse, City of the Living Dead, and The Beyond. There's a lot of Italian firepower behind this movie. <laughs> yes, and there's also a lot of shit that doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, but it's like we always say while you're watching an Italian horror movie. Don't look, look for, for logic. Because, kids, it ain't there. Yeah, just sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs> well, maybe we can pick at it a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just... Just a little. <laughs> so the movie takes place in Berlin, and that's where we first meet our, our, our main girl. Her name is Cheryl, and she's a university student. And she's freaked out because she keeps seeing this guy who has kind of – it's a mask, but half of his face looks metal. So it's kind of like, I don't know, Phantom of the Steel Mills, sort of, sort of how he looks. Yeah, it's like Phantom of the Opera meets Terminator. There you go. That's good. <laughs> and she's running from him, trying to get away from him, until finally she turns a corner, and he's right there in front of her! And he gives dun, her dun, free dun. tickets to a movie. Right? I mean, how many encounters with a scary individual actually end up that way? I mean, bitch. <laughs> she was Great, trying to be she cool. Was... She was trying to be cool to you. She, she was really timid that entire lead up sequence anyway, though. So, That's true. I, you know, I got to think she's scared of her fucking shadow, not just the guy in the weird metallic Phantom of the Opera mask. So Cheryl meets her friend Kathy and they decide to dump their music theory class at college and go to this movie. The movie theater, I mean, people are already starting to file in at this point. There are these two just horrible fucking guys, George and Ken. Douchebags. Total douchebags. And they immediately start hitting on the girls, just like, hey, are you having trouble getting your Coke out of the machine? Here, let me shake it twice and hit it once. (laughs) But really what he wants to do is hit it once and shake it twice. Oh, thank you for that. I was afraid that was not that one was going to fly. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of people in the fucking theater. There's a blind guy, because why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? And then there's the angry older guy with his mincing wife. Oh, yeah, he's just a, she's a bitch, and he's an they deserve each other. They do. They're both just intolerable characters. I don't want to go to the movie. Shut up. We're already here. <laughs> and then there's the two 16-year-olds, um, the girl oh, named Hannah and yeah. her boyfriend, whose name I don't even remember. Uh, chicken shit running away guy. Right, right. And the only reason I remember her name, one, because it is my name, but two, because he yells it about a dozen times through the length of the movie. Yeah, he does. It's like the old yeller of the movie. It is. Hannah! Hannah! Like every five minutes, he's screaming Hannah. And she's like, shh. I'm hiding. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Stop You're gonna yelling me away. my fucking name. You're going to get me killed. <laughs> and of course, we can't forget Tony the Pimp. Tony the Pimp and his two hoes, Rosemary and the other one whose name I can't remember. That's right. No, it's Carmen. <laughs> Carmen? Rosemary oh, well, that's and, fitting. Yeah, Rosemary and Carmen. So 
the interesting thing about the movie, besides that everybody showed up with a free ticket that was given to them by T3, uh, <laughs> there is a motorcycle in the middle of the lobby, and from mm-hmm. the handlebar of that motorcycle is hanging a metal mask. Now, this is a motorcycle that has kind of a wireframe character that's holding a katana in one hand and the mask, which looks kind of like a – it's like a a horned kind of um, like Japanese – Yeah, it's like an of, Onibaba mask. Yes, is hanging from the other hand. Now, these are things that are going to come in really important because this is shit you don't usually find in a movie theater. Not usually. So mm-hmm. you got to realize this is going to come back into play later. The mask comes into play right away because Rosemary picks the mask up off the motorcycle handlebar and puts it on. Who, like the, sh- do. who the shit does – no! Who the shit <laughs> does that? Who's just like, oh, is this a display? I'm going to wear it. Rosemary does because she doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks and she's going to do her own thing. Well, sassy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she she puts the mask on and scratches her on the face. And she's like, ah, it scratched me. And Tony's all like, that'll teach you to touch things. <laughs> no, Tony's like, the fuck, bitch. Quit touching things. <laughs> Immediately admonished. So anyway, there's, there's, there's your kind of major main players. And they all sit down to watch the movie. And we get that great theatrical trope, the movie within a movie. So, And I love this. We, you really don't see this too often. I mean, how many fucking movies have you seen where it's a movie within a movie? Like Less than five. This Can I think of another one? I kind of feel like I have seen one other, but like that's it. There's like two. Did you watch and Anguish? Did you watch Anguish with me? Mm, doesn't ring a bell. Okay, because Anguish is another movie like that, where it's movie within a movie, and I love that movie a lot. Mm, okay. Scream 2, the opening of Scream 2. Okay, well, there you go. And then there was also part of uh, fucking uh, Gremlins 2. That was a movie within a movie. And Gre- Gre- No, that was just playing Gremlins. Was it the first one? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, they were watching Snow White. Okay, well, there you go. Okay, anyway, now that we've been through all that... Uh, <laughs> the- <laughs> a movie that they're showing in a movie is about these four young kids who um, discover Nostradamus' coffin. Nostradamus? Really? Like, <laughs> the whole time I'm sitting here going, really? They fucking found Nostradamus' grave? And they're just like, hey, look at this. This says Nostradamus. Like, nobody else has fucking found this shit. <laughs> You are four four kids on mopeds, and you found Nostradamus' burying place. Okay. It's like the honey boys up in here. They just... Right? They they followed a clue. Anyway, one one of the girls reads Nostradamus' gravestone, and it says, They will make cemeteries your cathedrals, and the cities will be your tombs. Which, of course, means we should totally open this fucking grave, because only good can come of it. What further invitation do you need? Right? (laughs) So when the kids in the movie open up Nostradamus' coffin, they've got no body, but they have an old book, which I guess is the, I don't know, the Nostradamicon? (laughs) I like that. So they have the Nostradamicon, and they have a mask. mask. Yeah, the mask. The same mask that's hanging in the foyer. The mask that's hanging in the foyer. And, so uh, <laughs> my immediate thought is Rosemary should be like, 
the fuck you say, and they should all three fucking up and leave the theater. But do they do that? No! They don't do that. That'll teach you to touch things. No, so one of the guys in the movie puts on the mask, and his face gets stretched. 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 There's a mark. Mm -hmm. It leaves a mark. And, um... So, yeah, it's the same thing that's happened to Rosemary in real life. So she starts to feel sick, and she goes to the bathroom, and she's checking out the mark on her face, and suddenly it just swells up, like, incredibly big, where it's like half of her fucking face down to her chin, and then... And then it explodes, and all this goop and pus comes out, and she turns into a demon. That'll teach you to touch things. And it's it, it, it's like day-glow green goop. Like, this is not your normal mucus pus color. There's, there has been nothing that has come out of a normal human being's body that looks this glowing green color. I guarantee it. It's like a mixture of fabuloso and pureed kale. Yep, that's that's really scarily accurate, actually. <laughs> yeah, so poor Rosemary is sitting in the bathroom stall, you know, morphing to this demon character. And meanwhile, back in the theater, the movie is continuing and people are watching it. And and we have our our two main characters, uh, Cheryl and her friend so Ken. Ken George. I don't know. The two yeah. girls have hooked up with the two douchebags from the soda machine earlier in the lobby, and and <laughs> the guys are trying to console the girls because, oh, horror movies are so scary, and they need a big, strong man to hold on to so that they can, <laughs> you know, piss themselves during this movie. And it kind of goes back and forth between the various characters in the movie, angry guy with his bitchy wife up front or yelling at people to shut up and, you know, the, the weird little boy with his girlfriend Hannah in the back making out and uh, eventually Tony the pimp realizes that Rosemary has been gone for far too long and he wants to know what the hell happened to Rosemary the other girl what's her name Carmen Carmen go check yeah. on Rosemary see what's happening exactly go check on Rosemary what the hell's happened to Rosemary and Carmen's like well maybe I should go check on her yeah go check on her bitch so yeah, Carmen goes to check on her <laughs> <laughs> and this is when shit just goes nuts. Cause that, that, was, that goes, was it. Nuts. That was it. She came up with nuts. Okay. It, it starts to go nuts. To <laughs> the point, everything's kind of like, okay, that was kind of weird. Okay, these are just kind of awkward characters. Okay, and now Carmen goes to the bathroom to check on Rosemary, and things just start to get batshit crazy from here. Because Carmen goes in, and she's like, Rosemary? Are you okay? And she's looking around, and she gets to the sinks, and she sees that there's, like, this blood and pus on the sinks, and Rosemary has dropped her handkerchief, and it's covered in blood. And she's looking around because she doesn't hear anything. She doesn't see Rosemary, and she's looking at each stall one at a time. And this is when you know shit's going to get bad because anytime anybody goes into a bathroom and there's nobody in there and they start looking in the stalls, shit's about to go bad. Yeah. Yep. Rosemary's <laughs> teeth have come out. <laughs> in a really bad way. And they've been replaced they've been... with very sharp kind of pincher teeth that are crooked in the front. And her eyes are red. Mm -hmm. And she's got green shit flying out of her mouth. Like she just ate 40 cream, uh, scream eggs from Halloween. 
just nasty greeny goop. So Carmen is smart and runs, but Rosemary chases her and actually like kills her behind the movie screen and rips the screen so that when Carmen finally, you know, falls down, she falls through the movie screen. And that's when the rest of the people in the cinema kind of realize there's something wrong. Um, <laughs> Now, the funny thing about this is the, is the blind guy the whole time is there with his person. You get the impression it's its daughter. It's it's his daughter, but it might not be. And he's like, what's going on? Tell me what is going on in the film. I went to the, the film. You know, <laughs> She's off making out with some motherfucker. She's left the blind guy by himself, and he doesn't know because he's blind. Get yeah, it? but he's got to be the worst fucking blind guy ever because, you know, usually you hear stories of this, like people lose their eyesight so their other senses are heightened. Like they can smell things they couldn't smell before. They can hear shit they couldn't hear before. This bitch was sitting right next to him in a movie theater seat making out with some di- some other guy. And you tell me he didn't hear the squelching noises coming from the seat next to him. Right. He didn't smell the other guy or smell her getting turned on while they were making out right i call bullshit well i mean he's not daredevil but at the same time you would think i mean i would know something was going on even if i wasn't looking it's like not like i have any super senses but i'm pretty sure i can hear somebody getting finger blasted four rows away yeah demons 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 all in the theater rosemary jumps out and starts biting people and Carmen transforms into a demon in front of the whole theater, which has got to be embarrassing. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> right. You know, it's like starting your period on prom night. Holy shit. She's a friend of mine. <laughs> so, so to make things even better, this, everybody in the movie theater is like, we're going to get the hell out of here. And they run to the exits and the doors have been bricked up. Literally bricked up. Like, they think the the doors are just locked, so they start beating on the doors and, like, literally, like, ripping them off of the hinges like fucking rats caught in a cage and there's a fire behind them, so they're panicking. And they're ripping these doors down, and there is a solid fucking concrete wall behind the doors. Like, this is the main entrance. What the fuck? We just came in those doors, like, less than an hour ago, and now there's a fucking solid wall behind them. So all this is going on inside the theater. Uh, Tony the Pimp decides he's going to take charge, and he's 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 all like, "It's the movie! It's the movie! On the movie <laughs> screen! It's the movie! We're going to go up to the projection room and stop the movie, and then we can stop the demons." So they go up to the projection room, and the projectors are automatic. There's mm-hmm. nobody running them. He's like, and he's like, they're they're doing it by themselves. And for some reason, these projectors have like a keyboard on the side of it. Like, I don't. I guess that's supposed to be like some kind of futuristic Radio Shack film projector that they've got. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, but Tony's <laughs> Tony's solution to the whole thing is smash everything, smash everything, smash everything, burn it all down. Right? He starts hitting the projectors with chairs and. I'm talking light bulbs, just whatever they can find. It doesn't matter because the movie keeps going. Yeah. Well, no, they eventually stop the movie, but it doesn't matter because the demons are already there. And there's no stopping the demons by stopping the movie. And then for some reason, we are in, we are outside the cinema and we are in a car with four incredibly unattractive people. <laughs> we are. <laughs> 
there's a dude driving the car and a dude in the passenger seat of the car. And then in the back, there's a girl that looks like one of the lost boys from Peter Pan and some other dude. And they're all passing around a Coke can with a straw sticking out of it. And they're not sipping from the straw. They're sticking it up their nose and snorting it. So the Coke can has literal cocaine in it. Yes. As it should. You know, if this was still the nineteen twenties, we'd be we'd be doing that shit all the time. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, they keep playing these just amazing pop songs from from <laughs> that era, and you're like, yeah, these motherfuckers would not have been listening to these songs. Because <laughs> when, when I see leather bound motherfuckers driving around Berlin snorting cocaine out of an actual coke can, my first thought is. They should totally be listening to Go West. <laughs> no. We Close Our Eyes is the perfect, perfect song for this. <laughs> you know, the soundtrack for this is, is pretty great. It's got a lot of good 80s bands on it. The score for this is pretty great, too. And I had a chance to ask Claudio Simonetti um, about his score for demons and he had this to say when you go back and listen to it 30 years hence how do you feel about the demon soundtrack do you wish anything you want to tweak or are you very just pleased with it let it go no every every soundtrack that track i wrote uh even after many many years 30 40 years uh i i i I love i love them because i think that was written in a particular part of my life and maybe I of course if I, I had to write the music again for these films I for sure I would I would change everything but uh, I love them like this the sound is uh, exactly Demons has the right sound of the 80s and uh, if I wrote if I write now a music for Demons would be completely changed different and uh, I think that this this uh, music is uh, very good for the film Every film has his music for his age and for his period. And that's the, the, um, the beautiful of the soundtracks because you can hear, uh, also retro and vintage music. So when I, when I hear, ah, for example, when I hear the demons or some other, I, I ask myself how, how I did it because now it's completely different the way to work. So I, I'm, I'm surprised for some sounds I use it that I don't remember how I did it. And uh, it's, it's a good, very good. It's a, I, li- I like Demons. Demons is one of the songs that I still play live with the Goblin Band. That was probably <laughs> not the best interview I ever had. <laughs> That's not true. That interview was awesome. And you can listen to it in its entirety by going to kissthegoat.com and clicking on the page for our episodes. And it is there in the archives. And it's beautiful. The coat snorting punks on dope um they they get harassed by the cops and so of course and so they manage to run into the theater through a back door which is not bricked up because what's the fucking point if you've bricked up the front door but not the back shouldn't everybody be out by now no because idiots well it's a back door that is locked at first and then suddenly it just kind of pops open like oh we were just kidding Come on in. Oh, well, that happened to Rosemary, too. Well. Uh-huh. So, of course, they do go in. And while they're going in, something escapes. 
<laughs> That's true. Blah, blah, just kind of rolls just, out. Just a little figure kind of crouched down, darts across the alleyway, hides behind a parked car, and you're like, oh, that can't be good. And you're right. That is not good because one of the demons has escaped the theater. So the cops who come running down this alleyway chasing these coke-snorting punks. I almost said cork-snorting. Cork-snorking. Cork-snorking. No, coke-snorting punks. They come down this alleyway and they're like, well, where did they go? What's going on? And then they hear a noise behind the parked car. So, of course, guns drawn, go around the car. and. It's this fucking blind guy, a blind <laughs> guy that was in the theater, but now he's had his non-functional eyeballs gouged out by a demon. So he's got blood trailing down his face and he looks really pitiful until you realize he's not really pitiful because now he's a fucking demon and he kills the cops. And you know that that is the end of humanity because suddenly it is no longer contained within the locked theater. It is now leaked out into the free world, and we're all fucked. That'll teach you to touch things. The people inside the theater have no way of knowing that the blind guy has escaped and that he's you know, out infecting all of Berlin with his demonosity. Pretty much everybody inside the theater at this point has been turned into a demon. There's only George and Cheryl left. Hannah's a demon. Her pussy ass boyfriend is a demon. Tony the pimp is a demon. It's which is really just kind of sad because all these great characters get turned too fast and they leave us stuck with fucking George and Cheryl. Right. God. So, so George says, "Oh, I have an idea. Maybe I can kill a bunch of these things." And he goes out into the lobby. He grabs the katana off of the motorcycle. We mm -hmm. told you this would come back. He gets on the motorcycle and starts it. Because for some fucking reason, the display motorcycle inside of the building <laughs> is fully gassed up and ready to go. Right. <laughs> but then he turns into kind of a badass. I mean, his character at this point, the way it transitioned, kind of reminds me of Ash from Evil Dead. Yeah, kind of. He turns out, I mean, he starts out as kind of this <laughs> guy, and then all of a sudden he's like, ah, badass, ready to fight evil. Put anybody on a motorcycle, and they immediately become seven times more badasser. Especially with a katana. Right. So he's riding up and down the fucking aisles of the cinema, lopping off heads and cutting <laughs> demons in half. It's like the best episode of Chips, and mm. he does that until, I guess, the bike runs out of gas, right? Mm, yeah, and you know what? He gets wounded at one point. He gets a really thick gash on one of his quite impressive biceps. And I kept expecting that he was going to turn into a demon after that. I'm not sure. I, I can't quite remember how he got that that injury on his bicep. Yeah. But I was thinking it was one of the demons, like, scratched him or something. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, he's infected. It's all over with. Now, here's where it gets weird. Just yeah. now? Yeah, just now. It's just now getting weird. Um, so he's killed the majority of the demons. He's off the motorcycle. He's um, still got the katana, and they hear something weird up on the roof. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a helicopter? Yeah, but it doesn't sound like a helicopter. Well, no, like... but it, it's definitely a fucking helicopter. 
Well, yeah, because it crashes down through the fucking ceiling. But at first you're like, what the fuck is that sound? And they're looking around. And then this fucking helicopter falls through the ceiling. And you're like, that did not sound like a helicopter. Well, it's not It's not just that did not sound like a helicopter. It's just, did a helicopter just fall through the fucking roof? <laughs> Its rotors aren't spinning. It just came down like some kind of like a, a, a giant boy's model toy just right down, lands right in the center of the auditorium. Yes, it did. It's just it's insane. So mm-hmm. oh, talk about you no know, Deus Ex Machina for an ending. Yeah, here you go. Here's your god from the sky. That's not even the weirdest part. So the the fucking helicopter falls down through the ceiling, and he's like, oh, fuck, idea. And they jump up into this helicopter, and, of course, the demons are still progressing on them because they're like, oh, you know what, fuck it. I don't, it's a helicopter. I still want to eat your soul. So they're still coming, and dude starts trying to start the helicopter blades. Like one of them is fucking bent at a 90-degree angle down towards the floor, and he's still like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. And it does. <laughs> blades start rotating and like they're really slow and it's making this horrible noise but they're still rotating with enough force to apparently chop up the progressing demons that are coming towards the helicopter george will do anything for pussy (laughs) apparently he is hard up as they come he wants it bad um so after he you know, Cuisinarts, the demons that are in the theater, they decide to use there's there's a there's a a, a winch on the helicopter, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, shit, we can get to the roof with this and the grappling hook." So and they, the air cannon that just is conveniently behind the passenger or the the uh-huh. pilot seat of the helicopter. Yeah. Right. So they fire the grappling. They they attach the grappling hook to the winch cable, and they shoot it up there with the air cannon like. You know, like like it's a fucking RPG, <laughs> and they use it to climb up to the roof. But as they're trying to as they're trying to do that, as trying to get to the roof, the fucking guy from the subway is up there. Yep, and he's trying to kill both of them with like what a piece of rebar. Yeah, never says a word. He's just like, nah, nah. you know, trying to push him back down into the theater and. Just being a general pain in the ass kind of well, menacing guy, but what this the fuck is, is he on the roof? Yeah, it's an interesting moment though, because I, I I kind of get the feeling that this guy is like a a sentinel of sorts. Like he started the madness, but he directed it all to this theater, and now someone's trying to get out of that theater, and he's trying to push them back down into it. Like he's trying to contain this just within this theater. Like somehow these demons are allowed to come out and play, but they have these restrictions, and he's here to make sure that that happens how he missed the blind guy running out into the alley with the cops i don't know maybe that was like this unknown unexpected factor that he just didn't catch but he was up on top of the roof and when george and cheryl tried to escape he was there to be like uh-uh, you gotta stay because you're in on this play so he's like the experiment control Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know if his role was for good or for bad in this, but it was it was almost like there was some agreed upon boundaries and he was trying to enforce those. And you know what? I guess that works pretty well until they 
shove a big steel rod through his head. Oh, yeah, he got fucked hard. Yeah, that was not good. He twitched mm-hmm. a little bit, giggled a little bit, finally went out. It was kind of yeah. rough. But he wasn't a demon, so you have to think, what the fuck was his role here? And that's that's my that's my two cents. That's and point is well taken. That's good because I don't have I don't have an answer for that at all. <laughs> or so, hey George and Cheryl make it down to the street, and I how did they make it down? Was there a ladder? I don't remember. I don't know. Hey George no. and Cheryl make it down to the street. They repelled. He had like a thing and some rope and they, yeah, they went down. Yeah, he just brought that with him to the movie theater. Of course. Yeah, right. like you do. <laughs> Going to the movies, better bring some fucking rope and climbing equipment. Yep. So anyway, they get down the street, they realize that everybody in Berlin is now a demon, which, you know, here in America, we think that's true anyway. So, like, and all it is. the time. Anyway, they get picked up by this guy and his two kids in a jeep and one of the kids if you'll notice is bob <laughs> that's right the italian horror movie kid everybody hates bob from house by the cemetery is is one of the kids in the jeep so that's pretty great god love him anyway they're they're going they're going east or west, something. They're getting out of town. They're going, to, they're going away from the city. They want to go out into the country where they think they have a chance of survival. Somewhere that's green. Somewhere. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yes, they do. They start heading out of town, and the final kind of, you know, stab to the gut in the movie happens while they're driving out of town. Now, I said that I, I expected George to turn, and I kept waiting for it and waiting for it at the end of this movie. I was like, that motherfucker has been scratched by a demon. He is going to be the one to turn. But no. Actually, it's Cheryl that turns into a demon at the very end. and like the during the car- credits. Yes. The little cotton-headed kid turns around and shoots her in the face, and she goes flying off the back of the Jeep. And George is standing there like, I never got to tap that. That'll teach you to touch things. How am I going to repopulate the Earth now? Yeah, and you expect to hear the Darth Vader no in the closing credits. Right? He just looks so devastated. He's like, God damn it, I was so close. We're about to seal the deal on this shit. No! Anyway, that's it. That's it. And so I so want to see, I so wanted to see the actual sequel to this movie, not Demons Again, somewhere else, having the same actors playing different characters. I want to see the fucking, what happens after these Four people leave the city and go out into the wilderness of Germany and try to survive with these demons running around. That's the sequel I want to see to Demons, but it hasn't happened, and it probably won't happen unless you write it. Don't tempt me. I'm not sure any of these people are still alive, but... That's that. That's okay. Anyway, that's that's demons, 1985. And if there is one thing that X and I can agree about concerning demons, it's that this movie is disgusting. <laughs> and while you may be tempted to let demons put you off your feed for a little minute, I implore you to reconsider. 
Let's see what delicacy Chef Alan McPherson has whipped up, a recipe specifically designed to go along with demons. Tuck your napkin under your chin and make sure your eyes don't fall out. It's time for The Devil Eats Out. You, you can have dinner with us. You like head cheese. My brother makes it real good. You like it. Uh, you know if you take two ripe bananas, you put them in a bowl and you put some sugar and you go ahead and bake it for 400, you can go and pull it out and have yourself banana bread. Hallelujah. Pancakes. Pancakes. No pancakes. Pancakes. No pancakes. No fuck off. I'm full. All right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm really, really curious to find out what you came up with to go with demons. Oh, okay. Oh, well, because, you know, there's there's not really a lot of food in that movie except for uh, victims. I, but they don't really eat the people. Yeah, one of the victimizers eats the fingers off of the demon. Oh, that's right. That's right. That That's about as close to it. As, as an actual food reference uh, that, that, that we get in the film. Well, the um, Coke machine doesn't work, and there's a weird popcorn machine, which I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> Do Italians get popcorn? Is that like a thing that they well, understand? Well, this was filmed in Berlin, so... Do right. Just- do Germans get popcorn is the real question. And with as much scat porn as they film in Germany, I'm thinking yes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a necessity on set. I think so. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Wow. Okay. It's just some logistics it's that just I need fiber. to look into. <laughs> it's well, if you're talking scat porn, it's not just fiber. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Right. I'm just gonna leave now. Y'all can do this segment. <laughs> Cootie bug is out. <laughs> we found the line. We found oh God. the line where Cootie says no. I, I don't know if I should be happy to be part of this or hang my head, but because <laughs> um, it could it could get worse. Uh, no, well, as I kind of intoned earlier, uh, obviously, like the breakout star of demons is Tony the Pimp. That's a bunch of shit, baby. <laughs> and man oh man uh, why that guy didn't get a franchise well I guess he got turned into a demon but even still as a demon he was the slickest looking demon like popping through floors and stuff And well, he, right? he does show up in that demons act. too as a completely different character oh it's been so long <laughs> since I saw that he play, yeah he played yeah. fitness instructor <laughs> for God oh God yeah he has vague memories now Oh God! And yeah, like I, I'm so glad I had a chance to rewatch this film. First of all, just because the, the attendant ticket s usher s, uh, who I assumed at first was going to like turn out to be a cultist or something that was responsible for this, but she just got like victimized and super permed in the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, that wow! That that hair transformation was astounding. But um, yeah, that that was. Was that? Am I crazy, or was that the, like the little crazy girl from Deep Red? It is the little crazy girl from Deep Red. Ding 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 ding. ding. Totally right. Wow. Yeah, she was wow. also the crazy little girl um, from Bay of Blood. Yeah, and the the victim girl in the Lazenby Jello uh, who saw her die. Oh, is that her too? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, her name is Nicoletta Elmy. She grew up 
good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like yeah. Yeah, good job with aging. You you win that. Um, right. She's a doctor yeah. now. She's a doctor. Really? <laughs> yep. Fascinating. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> I have to travel to Italy and get sick. Right. Um, That's what I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, where the hell does she practice? I want to go there. <laughs> does she use hairpins? Um, as part of that. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all feel old now? I remember when she was abusing lizards out in the street. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's a doctor. (laughs) Big city doctor. Sticking hairpins through humans. She done good. So, yeah, what I figured was we, we have, like, an Italian exploitation film doing, trying to introduce, like, an American exploitation film classic trope of, like, the sort of urban slick black tough guy. Um, so I figured that's what we'd do, a little uh, cross-cultural uh, soul food. Nice. So he I is, like, he do... is pretty much Rudy Ray Less. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and, I mean, everyone calls him Tony the Pimp, but is he actually a pimp? Like, he's... It's not know, explicitly stated in the movie, so I just, don't know. He's just, like, hanging out. Yeah. he's He's got, you know, two chicks. You know, I don't know, maybe they got an open relationship. There's nothing that says he's a pimp, really. That's true. That's he's, true. He's, you know, he's he's got some swagger. He's not super threatening. He certainly doesn't seem concerned about, like, making any money. Mm-hmm. You know? He, he wants to smoke pimp. cigarettes in the movie theater. That's, like, it was about as insidious as he gets, but... I've uh, never seen a pimp take his, take his girls to the movies. Yeah, right. I guess, yeah. I guess it was a free show. Yeah, it was yeah. a free show, but what, were they, like, employee of the month? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking you two bitches to a movie! <laughs> and what are the rest of the girls doing like this are they <laughs> they're on their own they're, maybe that's yeah, his entire staff you know maybe it was like a, a staff meeting a very small <laughs> stable that's it very small it's just the three of them it's quality not quantity and maybe this is like a like Christmas party I don't know exactly right there's more to be told here if there's a prequel you know that's what that's what I want to find out that's what I want to see <laughs> exactly <laughs> So I thought what I'd do for the uh, in, in honor of Tony, um, we'd do sort of like a little Italiano uh, chicken and waffles. Yeah. With uh, <laughs> the. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm, well, I've got other things I can go to hell for other than that, but um, so, <laughs> so I'm cool with that. But um, so what I thought we'd do is um, we do a, sort of a. Uh, Classic Italian sort of, not a, like a pan fried chicken or a chicken piccata, but we convert that into like an actual fried chicken. So uh, with this deal, uh, we're going to use some. Uh, we're going to start with like a whole chicken, break her down, and I, w- I want to work with like the legs and the breast to keep everybody happy. Um, you know, you should be well rounded. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to cut your options off too soon. Uh, <laughs> So, chicken piccata is usually, it's basically like chicken that's like floured, 
um, cooked off in a pan, and then the sauce that gets made with it is uh, like lemons, capers, and wine. So these are all good things. But what I'm gonna gonna switch this up a little bit and make it sort of a deep fried version um, where we actually do like a breadcrumb uh, fried chicken style. So uh, yeah, we're uh, just gonna do a little dredge of the uh, chicken in roll it in flour, dip it in egg, uh, roll it in some breadcrumbs and fry that off, crisp it up, put that off to the side. We're gonna make our sauce out of like some some grilled uh, lemon wedges, a little bit of rosemary, garlic, more wine because that's a theme and uh cook that's that down for style, son. <laughs> yeah exactly that's, it's just a default position you know like, <laughs> when in doubt deglaze with wine <laughs> and, uh, add a little chicken stock to that which conveniently we have because we had a whole chicken to start off with and then there's this empty carcass that is uh perfect for poaching in water for about an hour and a half and lo and behold, we have the basis of good cooking. Um, and uh, that we keep off to the side. This is gonna be pretty simple. So fried chicken, we're gonna have this like nice sauce. It's gonna be reduced down, finish it with a little bit of cream at the end to make it nice and thick. So it's gonna be a little like tart from the lemon, but all the fat from the cream, cream's gonna mellow that out a little bit. But the important thing is the waffle uh, business. So. This is where I'm going to kind of break tradition with myself and my uh, my sort of mantra of like everything from scratch, do it uh, do it yourself when you can. And I'm actually going to recommend, and the reasons for this will become apparent, uh, you use a pancake mix. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is is that those pancake mixes are kind of bulletproof. And uh, what we're going to do to make this pancake is. If you have like a, a beloved, cherished pancake recipe that you've used for your whole life or your grandma told you, uh, what we're going to do is going to screw it up royally, and then you'll just feel bad. <laughs> so let's avoid that right from the start. Let's, let's get that guilt right out of the way. So, um, Actually, the recipe I'm, I got from my family for pancakes was a box of Bisquick. Bisquick. Well, there you go. You know, there's, there's a reason for that. Um, and let's face it, most pancake recipes are what? A mixture of flour, baking soda, baking powder in whatever ratio. And guess what biscuit is? Yep. <laughs> All <laughs> that. Yeah, it's pretty much that. So, you some know. Extra, with some extra bug parts. Yeah, and some niacin if you, you know, are like a budding Scientologist and you want to go clear, you can boost those B vitamins in your system and have a pancake party. Uh, um, yeah, Catholics are into the blood of Christ. Scientologists are into B12. I don't know what that says about religion world over, but it's something. Um, I take so much B12. It's not even. Funny. <laughs> I used to use it recreationally when I was a teen. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but uh, uh, did you see Zena? No, I didn't, but I became terribly paranoid about onset diabetes, so I kind of leveled <laughs> off on that. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're familiar with the, the basic concept of polenta? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you 
you guys are from the southern U.S. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you can answer me this question, because this is one I get thrown at, and I'm like, you know, an Atlanta Canadian, so what the hell do I know about any of this? What's the difference between polenta and grits? Grits is good. Mmm. Okay, that's provocative. <laughs> is there like a texture thing? Or... Go ahead, Beth. Yeah, go ahead. No. <laughs> he tried to cook polenta once. Um... What? And that was the only time I have ever had it. Like, nobody around here fucking knows what polenta is. We like grits, okay? We know what grits are. And if you try to pass off cream of wheat, and forget about it. But <laughs> the polenta was, for one thing, it was yellow. It looked very much like just cornmeal. It was like a cornmeal mush, okay. which is very different from what grits are. Grits are closer to cream of wheat than to polenta okay so this is like the boots on the ground research that i need because like <laughs> you read stuff and it's like telling you it's kind of interchangeable no no okay okay polenta, so i think when you start making cornbread but you don't bake it you just fucking put it in a bowl and serve it to people and tell them it's ritzy <laughs> ah gotcha okay cool i i worked as a barbecue chef for three years so i i'm totally on point with uh with uh, with this thing. And so I've just, I did an end run with this because I wanted something polenta-esque Italian to work into the waffle concept. But since as we're dealing with like a movie in a movie theater, I've done a thing that's, it's a Yankee deal. It's uh, kind of inspired by somebody out of New York, but I'm making um, a pseudo grits slash polenta out of popcorn. Fascinating. So, wow. It's, and it's dead simple, and it tastes really good. So it's basically you pop yourself off a, a big-ass batch of popcorn. Do what? Oh, you, you, <laughs> I'm sorry. You make popcorn. Okay. Uh, you need a lot of it. All I heard luckily. was pop yourself off, and I thought this was going to be a great dinner. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of wheeling back to where we started. With, uh, <laughs> Okay, sure. uh, I'm sorry. We're making popcorn. Too, right? popcorn. <laughs> you got a big bowl of popcorn, and uh, we still have some of this chicken stock that we had left over. Pour that the hot stock directly on top of the popcorn, and you know what it's like when like popcorn gets wet; it immediately starts shrinking up, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. like loses all that air out of it. You want that to happen on purpose. So what you do is basically like deflate popcorn in this nice tasting liquid. And it comes this like mud-like slurry kind of a deal. Put that through a sieve, like a, like a strainer, not like a nice fancy one or anything like that. You want like a cheap one with like big ass holes in it. Okay. And then just like push it through with the back of a spoon. So all you really what you're trying to do is just like take out like the gritty bits. Uh, you know how it is with popcorn. You get that like that core in the, the middle. Of, yeah, they get stuck in your teeth. Get rid of those. And then what you have is like this like thick, almost like popcorn milk. And then you just combine that with your um, uh, like your instant uh, uh, waffle pancake mix of your choice. And just until it becomes like a nice consistency, like like what you would expect a, a pancake batter to be like. Right, okay. I grate a little bit of perm, put that in there. And then when it's like kind of like set up, ready to go, you put that in your waffle maker. If you don't have a waffle, waffle maker, you can, you know, do like a pancake or a hoe cake kind of a deal. And uh, it's nice, corny, has that like 
that like kind of earthy sweet popcorn kind of a deal. And uh, so that that's going to be your uh, your backbone for the dish. So then at that point you've got your fried chicken, you've got your like lemony tart creamy sauce. Layer that up on top of your pancake, pour the sauce over, and uh, as a little bonus, when I'm, I'm actually uh, the missus and I are going to tuck into this for dinner uh, when we're done here, and uh, so I've got a little bit of uh, stewed collards, and that's what I'm actually barbecuing right now. Uh, that rather than doing it with like bacon or uh, back fat or that kind of a stuff, I'm doing it with Italian sausage and red wine to kind of go along with the same thing. Nice. So that's our our Italiano exploitation soul food, Tony the pimp. <laughs> Off in the netherworld, hanging with Rosemary and your friends. You know, it's Smoking funny, you're going to laugh. <laughs> you're going to laugh, but I remember eating popcorn in milk as a kid. And I don't, I don't know now because I was really young. I don't know if that was actually a thing here that like we learned from our aunts or whatever or if it was just me and my sisters being weird but i remember doing that and that actually sounds really good to me yeah was that was it regular milk or buttermilk that you did that with no regular milk we wouldn't touch buttermilk when we were kids unless it was in cornbread you know but yeah yeah just sweet milk Mm -hmm. it's not a stretch from the cornflakes right you know you're you're playing in the same sandbox that's or the same corn box. Do we? Have, is there such a thing as a corn box? There is now. <laughs> right on. You heard it first, right here on KTG. Mm. Corn box. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you don't mind, I have a little public service announcement slash interactive uh, fun activity that for something that's coming out in December as well. The floor is yours. Please. Okay, so 2016 um, kind of bit the cornhole, um, <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, there's been started off with a terrible, terrible uh, series of losses to the, you know, the art and political community and what everyone kind of took for granted as our civilization, and it's just been getting worse and worse, and uh, as I. I don't know if everyone knows, but um, I run a restaurant that is an adjunct to an art gallery that uh, the gallery does a lot of like pop cultural kind of work. And we're closing off 2016 with a uh, a call for submissions for a group show that is uh, sort of a commemoration of the people that we lost in 2016. And uh, as per usual with the restaurant, I do a menu that ties in to the show that's currently on display. So... There's obviously big cultural figures that have passed this year that jump out at me. Um, But collaborating with Kiss the Goat, I was wondering if our listeners would be game for suggesting someone that I could take some inspiration for to uh, create a menu item for. Because I I hate to say it, but it's actually easy this year to have people lost in the shuffle. Um, There's big figures obviously like Bowie and Leonard Cohen and Prince that will be represented on whatever menu that I come up with but there's so many others that maybe mean a lot to a few people that don't have that resonance that like sort of 
across-the-board resonance that uh, some of the other figures do. So if you're down with it, um, I'd love to hear your suggestions on the uh, Facebook group uh, for people that you think could be commemorated in some way that, uh, you know, that would be, obviously would be respectful in some cases. I do have a dish planned around Jack Chick that might be a little less than respectful, but uh, I'm thinking a duo, Jack Chick and Jack Davis from Mad Magazine passed away this year, so there might be sort of a cartoonist war depicted on a plate. Um, So anyway... (laughs) <laughs> if but if any of the Kiss the Goat listeners like uh, you know think that there's someone who uh, meant something to them that uh, slipped uh, out of our, our reach this year that uh, you know could be done that way and maybe if you want to throw in a suggestion for a food or an ingredient or something like that that might that you think might go with it be more than happy to like kind of work something out based on that and uh, whichever dish we select to go with I'll, I'll definitely write your name on the menu <laughs> sorry Alan yes I think that's amazing and beautiful and I am personally going to call on all of you acolytes to go to our Facebook uh, group page and let Alan know who passed away this year that was really important to you in the music slash arts uh, industry and, and and give him suggestions because I think that's fantastic and I really really like that yes I endorse this I was actually looking through Wikipedia and all the people who have passed in this past year and it's just uh, don't do it don't do what I did because it's not a happy making situation it's astounding and I have this like little niggle of a fear that like 2016 is like building to a grand finale or something like that hands off Willie Nelson that's all I have to say yeah no shit no shit yeah Leave Willie and Dolly alone. I love Alan. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in the Nova Scotia area, please stop by Picnic, Al's very own restaurant. Tell him you heard about the place on Kiss the Goat, and I I don't really know what's going to happen. He'll make you eat outside, probably. (laughs) He will deny any knowledge of us or this show. Kiss, (laughs) Kiss the Goat? What the hell's that? I've never... I don't even know what that is. Right. Well, anyway, Al's going to be posting this episode's recipe in the Kiss the Goat Facebook group, which you all are encouraged to join. I demand it! (laughs) We're going to be back for Act 3 of Kiss the Goat right after this. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. The podcast that will change your life forever. That is not what... That's not... No... Intense. This is going to be filled with spoilers. So insightful that you will question your place in the universe. I don't like gore. Mind-blowing. Repetition of the repetition. Is that a word? That is now a word. Inspiring. It's almost like a little advertisement. Life-changing. It's one of two things all the way through. Either predictable or stupid. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. Exclusively available on the Legion Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ash from Kiss the Goat. Do you know we have a website called kissthegoat.com? You know what's at kissthegoat.com? Tell them, cutie. Did you know that you can buy Kiss the Goat t-shirts? 
and bottle caps and mugs and other apparel to show your support for your favorite podcast at kissthegoat.com. Tell me more. <laughs> well, you can go to kissthegoat.com and click on Wear the Goat, and you will see a vast selection of apparel and accessories that you can purchase with your favorite podcast logo. Wear the Goat? Wear the Goat. Well, you say kissthegoat.com. <laughs> They're the Goat. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. And once again, it's time for the fastest movie breakdown on the internet. Three questions! Three questions! Stop! Who would crush the bridge of death must answer me these questions, please. And the other side, you see. It's not really the fastest. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have like empirical proof for that. <laughs> well, there are only three questions. Yeah, but I mean, we keep, you know, we keep talking and talking. <laughs> well, we have long answers. We do. This <laughs> keeps going. That's okay, no problem. So our first question is: Is Demons a devil movie? Oh man. I really struggle with this question because, like, the precedence for us for determining whether or not is a quote-unquote devil, capital D, movie is does the Dark Lord himself manifest in the movie in some form or fashion or another? And the answer in this movie is no, he does not. So the devil, capital D, does not show up. But there are certainly a lot of his fucking minion in this movie, and they are there for no apparent reason other than to wreak havoc and have fun and kill as many motherfucking humans as possible. So... If you're going by the strict definition, no, it's not. But I am willing to bend that somewhat for this movie because it's so much fun with the <laughs> havoc that these demons wreak that I have to say, yes, I would call this a devil movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I know. Right then. And I'm such a stickler for that, but you this are. one is just. I don't know what else to call it. Um, well, you can have a movie about work without necessarily showing, you know, the boss coming in. So, so I, I actually don't consider this a devil movie. And I realize you can't really have demons without a devil, but there's, there's not even anything religious implied in this film. All there is, is a, is a half baked, you know, Nostradamus prophecy, <laughs> which itself doesn't really have any religious implication. It's not even half baked. It's like it's it's like an eighth baked. <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty close to raw dough as far as prophecies go. Um, so yeah, I can't. It, it's definitely a demon movie, but I can't. I can't call it a devil movie. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's go into question number two then, because I think I know what your answer is going to be to this one. But why should our listeners watch Demons, or should they? Because um, it's gross as fuck. 
<laughs> That's why. Because it's goopy and it's loony and it has just a lot of weird, a lot of weird stuff going on to it. Like, like, dude, dude with the with the um, with the mask. That's Michele Suave, the guy who directed The Church, which is sometimes known as as sometimes known as Demons Three, and yeah. The Sect, which I think they tried to shove into the Demons franchise somehow. There are seven Demons movies. No. Precisely. No. No. There are seven no. demons. <laughs> Damn it. There are seven demons movies in name only. <laughs> there are like two demons movies, and the rest of them are just like, yeah, we'll put this in here, fine. Maybe the name recognition will get us some money. So anyway, Michele Suave plays the guy with the, the, the metal mask who's handing out the tickets, and he also plays Jerry in the movie within the movie. <laughs> he's the one who puts on the mask in the movie and then kills everybody else with a kitchen knife, which he just so happened to have along with him on his moped as they were out in the middle of nowhere. That's a bunch of shit, baby. Not, great. not anywhere close to a kitchen. So yeah, all kinds of weird shit going on in this movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. So, and like I said, it's just gross as all get out. So yes, yes. Watch demons. What do you say? I fuck yeah, I watch demons. I mean, as Yellows <laughs> go, this has so many accolades, and it is so batshit crazy and so much fun. There is no reason if you are a horror fan, horror fan, her, her horror, however you want to fucking pronounce it. If you like fucking scary movies, you need to watch Demons because it is just so much fun from start to finish. And yes, as usual. Check your logic at the fucking door because it doesn't work here like in so many other good movies. But um, it's – yes, please watch Demons for, for no other reason than Cootie says watch fucking Demons. Finally, on a scale of one to six, how many horns high do you give Demons? I love this movie so much. I love Demons 1. I love the second one, but I love the third one even more than the second one. So – Definitely watch the first one. I'm going to give it a solid five horns high, actually. I'm going to go four and a half. Nice. All right. That's a that's a fairly uh, <laughs> consistent and good recommendation from people like us. <laughs> okay. That's high ranking as yeah. far as we're concerned. So now that we know what to eat with demons, thanks to Al, the question is not what to drink. That's up to you. The question is, how often? To answer that, it's time for Drinking with the Devil, where your love of movies meets your disdain for your own liver. Drink every time the flat-nosed punk sniffs Coke out of the soda can. Wow, well, that's at least, what, maybe four or five times? And, and he takes his hands off the wheel while he's driving every time he does it. And that scares me more than him just, you know, being hopped up behind the wheel so that he's not even fucking touching the wheel. He's just like, wee! <laughs> okay, okay, so here's another relatively easy one. So drink 
Every time you see a human morphing to a demon and their teeth start popping out of their mouth when they're being replaced by the sharp pointy ones. That is so gross. <laughs> Drink anytime Tony the Pimp tells somebody to do something. Get out! Everybody get away! Get out! What are you waiting for? Run! Because well, he, he kind of takes control, you know, and he's he's trying to be the the, the pimp around the house. I he guess. does. He is. He is the man in control. Okay, so drink every time someone spews like glowing green shit out of their mouth. Yes. <sighs> and finally, for our grand master challenge, drink. Every time that guy yells for his girlfriend, Hannah. <laughs> and here's what's funny. Hannah is played by Dario Argento's daughter, Fiore. You don't hear a whole lot about Fiore. I don't know why, but that's Argento's daughter is Hannah. The really sad thing is I didn't know he had another daughter other than Asia. Have you seen Asia? I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. Fascinating. Yeah. She's a bit of a show stealer. Yeah. All right, then. All right. Well, <laughs> remember. I don't even know what to do now. I don't either. But, dear friends, we here at KTG do not condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse. <laughs> you know what? We should just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. I think everybody realizes that that shit works for us. <laughs> right now, just let it, just let it, let it go. They've always worked for us, kids. There you go. That's it. Hey, guess what? Fuck. Now it's time for America's favorite game of questioning and answering. Ask the goat, where we answer your questions and you question our answers. I'll send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker! You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker! You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever! Is it back? Hell yes, it's back! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> As my smoking hot high priestess rummages through our malevolent mailbag... Rummage, rummage, rummage! Please know that you can send us a question for Ask the Goat at any time. You can do this in three different ways. You can leave us a voicemail on the GOAT line. Just call 865-309-4969 and ask away. You can also send an MP3 file with your question to askthegoat at kissthegoat.com. Or you can simply leave a question in our Facebook group and maybe we'll read it and answer it on the show. You got the mailbag, baby. Who's got the first question? Vanessa says... Cootie and X, with the holiday season upon us, many of us will be torturing ourselves with family gatherings. What's the best way for us acolytes to share the word of the goat with our families? I'm guessing a lot of them already find us problematic, and it will at least distract them from political discussions, so why not go for it? Leaders of lustful lemurs, Vanessa. <laughs> First of all, let me just say that that entire thing was a tongue twister for a high priestess who has had much vodka. So thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> Do lemurs come in leaders? 
Apparently they do. I who knew? I, I learn something new from Vanessa every time we communicate. So that's that's <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Uh, the best way to share the word of the goat. Um, gosh, I always find it's best to take things like that and address them right in the middle of dinner, preferably when someone's got a big mouthful of mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they'll either choke or spit, and both are funny. Both are fucking hilarious, Vanessa. You know what? Just dive in there and so as much just fucking random chaotic hilarity as possible. And please record that shit because we love it. Yeah. Just be like, hey, this turkey's great. What do you know about Satan? <laughs> Let's discuss. I'm thankful for old scratch. <laughs> And movies that have been made about him. That's what I'm thankful for. Just lean over and whisper to whatever uncle or cousin might be sitting next to you. Jesus Christ, my hooves itching these boots. Are you having the same problem? (laughs) This dressing smells like hell, and I like it. (laughs) And then, of course, you can just, you know leave our website address around, put it like in cards and carve it into candles and then dress yeah. the and then burn the candles. Yeah. Write it on napkins and blood, leave them, you know, just under toasters and shit. That's perfect. Make a sigil, make a sigil and a whipped cream on top of the pecan pie. Yes. All kinds of ways to do it. Just That's be, got our vote. Yeah. Just be yourself and be creative. <laughs> All right, so who's got the next question, X? Coming up next is Matthew Tangen. Hey, guys, this is uh, Matthew Angry Ginger again. Um, a couple questions for you. Um, if you had to pick a favorite horror cliche, what would it be? And if you only could watch one TV show for the rest of your life, tough one, what would that show be? Thanks, guys. Your show's great. Bye. Goddamn. A favorite horror cliche... Um, tripping babysitters. Tripping babysitters. Well, not even babysitters. Could be camp counselors, but just the there's the 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 girl who's running through the woods and she's making good time, and then she trips over her own feet or an exposed root or something, <laughs> and that's it. Because it's like ah, oh, so close, Gail. I mean, I don't know. Just. <laughs> It always makes you laugh. I was, oh, she's going to get away. She's going to get away. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Too bad. <laughs> you are back in the playing field, honey. <laughs> you know, I guess on the same token, I'm really fond of the, oh, the bad guy's dead. Oh, no, he's not. He's going to cut some more throats. That whole, like, reanimated corpse after you were sure he was dead. And he always seems like, to have so much more energy, too. He does. It's like, it's like oh, oh, I, I said a power nap. <laughs> right. Dude came back with a couple of shots of espresso, and he is ready to go. <laughs> Wee! Who's next? <laughs> right, right. All right. So you can only watch one TV show for the rest of your life. One TV show for the rest of my life. Well, that's going to require a condition on my part. What are you doing? And I'm sorry, 
but I could watch Doctor Who for the rest of my life only if it's David Tennant. Yeah. Yeah, he's our doctor. He's my doctor through and through, and I really fucking loved that series of Doctor Who. And after he became regenerated into the next Doctor, I was just like, mm, eh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I didn't care before, didn't care after. Not going to watch any more Doctor Who. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off the board a little bit here. Um, if I could only watch one TV show for the rest of my life, it'd be the Ernie Kovacs show. <laughs> of course it would. <laughs> back from the nine, back from the 1950s and 60s, because mm-hmm. that guy predated everything. He paved the way for Monty Python, paved the way for Carol Burnett, paved the way for SNL. I mean, the guy was just a friggin' genius. So yeah, that's, I, that's who I would watch. That's legit. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you can find Ernie Kovacs show on Shout TV and on, I think he might still be on Hulu. But this is a guy who died before I was born. I saw his stuff on PBS and it just had a tremendous effect on me, obviously, since I'm still talking about it. So yeah, Ernie Ernie Kovacs show. That's that's my Yeah. I can attest to that because he has talked about it relentlessly since we first got in relationships. So <laughs> I know this show had a profound effect on my beloved. She's probably sick of hearing about it. No, not sick of hearing about it. Um, I probably haven't seen enough of it to kind of like understand that, but I'm open to it. It's so fun. Yeah. <clears throat> well, guys, that's nope, good. Got- hey, it. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, oh, I jumped the gun. We have more questions. I have one more question. Okay. And this one is from Jay Fountain. Oh, okay. Jay, what's up? Jay has a very simple question. Steven Seagal, why? Just, <laughs> just why? <laughs> you know what, Jay? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. I have been asking myself that same fucking question since I was married to my first husband in the 90s. I don't know why. I think it's because someone has to – how do I want to say this without being – I probably can't say it without being offensive. Hi, welcome to Kiss the Goat. Um, <laughs> you got to have some fat white guy wearing kimonos all the time. Do we? I think it's for the kimono industry. Yeah, that's what I think. It's no. No? No. That's not enough. We also have to have somebody to show us that it's okay every once in a while to get the meat sweats. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, there you have it. He's old, got that old flappy hands gets the meat sweats. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Is that it? Thank you, John Cross. Yes, that's it. Is that done? Okay. Yeah, we're done. (laughs) It's it's time now, kids. That's going to do it for this episode of Kiss the Goat. As always, a sincere thank you to Bo, our fearless leader, for letting us use his network to spread our own particular brand of filth and blasphemy. Don't forget to visit our website, kissthegoat.com where you can buy questionable holiday presents for the perverted and hard-to-shop-for horror geeks in your life. Indeed. 
And most of all, thanks to you, our listeners and acolytes, for keeping this night-trained weirdness moving. And thank you, Vodka, for existing. We, we love you, Vodka. We love you, Vodka. <laughs> well, until next time, my name is Cootie. And I'm X. Hell Satan. I love how we can synchronize We Love You Vodka, but we can't synchronize Hell Satan. <laughs> well, priorities? I don't know. Have an answer for that. <laughs> God damn it. A game called Cornhole. Is that actually a thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that might that good. They, they ain't good at all. Some of them's what's good, some of them's what's not. <laughs> but that's later! Right now, we're going to Facebook. Fuck. God, shit, that was so good. I had the energy rolling into it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and then you tripped over your own tongue. You gotta talk dirty to it. <laughs> Open up all the way, baby. <laughs> Spread your voice over internet protocol. <laughs> I am on my third. Alright. I am starting my first. Woohoo! So. I'm not even. I haven't even started to get mouthy yet. Do we need to give you a few minutes to like chug a lug that one and go back for another? I can get you a funnel. Jesus, no! Primity. Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, no, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. No. Hey man, watch this. <laughs> Look what I can do. Hey, come here. Hey, put some peanut butter on it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Spirit around good. Likes it. Like <laughs> Skippy. I'm not even sure I know what an ocelot is. An ocelot is like a mixture of a cheetah and a lemur. Anyway, so now that we know what to eat with demons, thanks to Al, the question is not question is not what to drink. Question is oh, I'm sorry. This confused me. Let's try that again. God damn it. God damn it, Skype. But with this one, we're back in South Africa with Prophet T.B. Josh. Josh. Uh-huh. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Sleeprish. Yeah, I still can't get over that homoerotic Terminator entrance. Running time of movie, hour 40 minutes. Alright. Ask the goat. Take one. Five. Not ask. Fuck. Where? <laughs> ask fuck where? We sell that? Maybe. Buy your ass. Buy your ass. Fuck where? Okay. It's pretty hot. Where? Why not? Why not? Hot what? Where? Where? <laughs> hot. Hey everybody! 
we have a website. It's called kissthegoat.com. And you know what you can find at kissthegoat.com? You can find our store, which is called Where the Goat. And tell them what you can find at Where the Goat, Cootie. Kiss the goat got dumb? Is that what you said? Probably. Kiss, kiss the goat. Sorry. Hey, this is X from Ask the Kiss the Goat. <laughs> Alright, well, we're going to let you go so you can get your... How are you barbecuing the collar grades, by the way? Don't they slip through the cracks? <laughs> <laughs> That's why God gave us caught up in cast iron pots. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Did you know we have a website? Well, we do. It's kissthegoat.com. And guess what you can find at kissthegoat.com? You can find that's the wherethegoat.com. You know what's at wherethegoat.com? Tell them, Judy. What? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we have a section called wearthegoat.com where you can buy clothing and accessories all from Kiss the Goat. You can buy t-shirts, you can buy bottle openers, you can buy wrapping paper with a Baphomet hat on it. It's really cool and it's really great. And all the proceeds, all the proceeds go to us so we can buy more vodka. That sounds great, cutie. I hope everybody goes visit the where the goat asks. And they buy stuff from us for Yule and for other holidays. Why are you being so quiet? Because I'm waiting for you to do a thing. Oh, oh. You said, let me lead it. And I was like, okay. So now I'm waiting. (laughs) We ought to be so silent about it. If you're in the Nova Scotia area, please stop by Picnic. Al's very on, very on, very own. Damn it. Eh. It is very on. It's very on. Five. Four. Three. Okay, let me go pee, and then we'll come back. Okay, cool. Why are we whispering? I don't know. I don't know. What's that noise you're making? Burping. (laughs) I heard that. What was that, X? (laughs) That was not me. I don't know if it was me or not. It's like somebody has an empty cornhole. (laughs) There's millions of people out there with empty cornholes right now. Won't you help? <laughs> I can't hear you again. Damn it! I said, well, that's gonna do it for Kiss the Goat. Shit! Cootie <laughs> says, watch it, we're done. Bye! Cootie says, god damn it, watch it. No, we've got one more question. No. <laughs> god damn it, of all the things we fucking bring up. <laughs> it was oh. Perfect! <laughs> Oh, my George, tragic.
exercise as if your God has passed you by well hateful as your deception. The ices then come on diving underneath my lucid skin the cold is lost forgotten. The only comfort is moving on Enter to me and I upon your lips Offer what you can, I'll take all that I can get But only a fool's here stay